0: Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College ministry at the Point College. Let's jump to the message. Without further ado, we have a special guest tonight that's going to preach. It's going to bring the word. Would you all stand to your feet and welcome Romeo Messi to the stage. Thank you. Wow, this is awesome. I love it. I just love it. Let me establish myself here quick before I get too far. This is awesome, 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 awesome. Thank you, Pastor Madison. Thank you so much. It is Always an honor to come here and to share the word of God with you guys. And um, I always think of this. If you're being asked and asked again, it means you're doing something right. Because if you're not doing it right, the chances are that you might not come back again. How many of you agree with me? Right? Right? So I'm excited, guys. And here's the reason why. As I was preparing for this message... The Lord impressed something on my heart that I want to share with you guys. And I think you need to hear it. Here is a reason why I'm excited. Because I believe this with all my heart. I believe that you are the generation that will do some great things for the kingdom of God. Out of this room, God is looking for one person to be like Billy Graham. Out of this room, God is looking for a man that will say, or a woman that would say, I want to revive the next generations. God is. I believe that, that every single one of you will influence the next generations. I believe that God will build his church upon every single one of you. And the church of in the gates of Haiti, Will not prevail against it. Let me share something that was not in my note. Kurt is here tonight. I saw him up there. I know he did not know that I was going to say this. I saw him. The Lord impresses on my heart, and I think it's important that you hear this. Kurt influenced my life. He's my he's my wife's uncle. When I was in college and when we got married, he influenced my life spiritually. I remember him one time sharing at our old church. About stewardship. What we have is from God. What you and I have been given is from God, and we've been given it to be a steward of it. I remember asking Kurt one question one time. And I said, Kurt, what's the best advice you can give me about marriage? You may not even remember that. We were in Idle Grove, Iowa, for a family gathering. And I asked, What's the best advice you can give to someone that just got married? By the way, this was, what, 13 years ago or 12 years ago? I can't remember. It's been too long. we been married, you know. And he said this. He says, divorce is not, a, is not an option. I'll never forget that. I took that to heart. Does it mean marriage is easy? No, it's not easy. But it's not an option. That's what a spiritual father or a mentor does in your life. And this is what I believe about you here tonight that God will do some great things in you. And that's the reason why I'm here tonight. So, I'm here tonight to talk to you about giving. I want to tell you why you should give. But before I do that, I will explain to you who is the provider of all resources. You may know this, but you may not be confident in it. So I want to repeat that to you so it can sunken and that you begin to believe it. Because that is what has happened to me and to so many believers. Believing in what the word of God says. So before we do, let us pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity you have given me tonight. I pray that your word, Father, will not return empty, Father. I pray that it will glorify you in heaven, Father. Holy Spirit, you are invited into this place. Bless this time. We ask this in the name of the name above all name, Jesus Christ. And everybody says, amen, amen. The Bible says this, that everything belongs to God. You believe that? My son Isaiah is somewhere in here. He would once in a while say this Dad, Dad. Everything belongs to God. Even the nail, the nail that you pound on the wall belongs to God. You know why? That's how he is. Because nails are made out of iron, and irons are natural resource, right? So the very nail that we use to pound on the wall is a resource that God has provided. Psalm 50, it will be on the, be on the screen there. Verse 10 through 12 says this. For every animal of the forest is mine and a cattle on a thousand hill. I know every bird in the mountain and the creatures of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all that is in it. Tree time, the Lord says, it is mine. Everything in the world is mine. The confirmation is on the beginning of Genesis 1 and 2. And we know the end. So he started everything, and we know the end through the book of Revelations. God started everything, and everything belongs to Him. Here are other verses that won't be on the screen. Psalm 24, verse one, says this: "The earth is the Lord, and everything in it." Joshua chapter three, verse eleven, says this: "He is the Lord of all the earth." First Corinthians chapter ten, verse twenty-six, says this. The earth is the Lord, and everything's in it. Sometime, we'll look at the things that we have, church, as if it belongs to us. Let me remind you, it is not yours. Even your very own body is not yours. And I'm going to explain that a little bit later today. It is not yours. Job says this. Job chapter, Job chapter 1, verse 21 says this. Naked I came. From my mother's womb, naked I will return to the wombs of the earth. God gives, God texts. God's name be ever blessed. Everything that we have belongs to God. We came naked and naked we will return in case you have forgotten that. Nothing that you have belongs to you. God has given it to you. As you can see, the Bible is clear that everything belongs to Him. Therefore, God is the provider of this. You have never heard this said. This has never been said to you before. Everything belongs to God, and God is the provider of wealth. I want to say that very loud. Wealth, prosperity, and every good things. God is the provider of that. He is. What is the definition of wealth? Here's the definition of wealth the abundance of valuable material possession or resource. That's what wealth is. It's not always money. All the resources that we have, like I said earlier, my son would say, nail is from God because it's made out of iron. All the resources are from God. Deuteronomy chapter 20, cha, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 says this But remember the Lord your God. For he is, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Sometimes we hold it as if it belongs to us. As if I worked for it. I earned it. I deserve it. I'm entitled to it. Let's stop. It is now yours. God give it to you the question that you have to be asking is why and we'll get to it first samuel I love this story first samuel chapter 1 chapter 2 verse 6 through 8 the lord brings death and makes a life he brings down to the grave and raises up the lord sends poverty and wealth he humble and exalts he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ashes heap. He sets them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. For the foundation of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints. Once in a while, my wife and I would joke with this word, saint. You think you're a saint. We joke. But here's the reality about that word. As a believer, when you call yourself a Christian, you are a saint. That's what the book of Peter talks about. You are a saint. Maybe it is a word that we need to embrace because you are a saint. You are to think like God, you are set apart, you are to be holy. That's what the Bible requires of believers. But here's a promise that God makes to the believers. Let me tell you why this prayer was written. And I want you for a second to picture yourself in this culture why this prayer that I just read to you was written. In the Bible, in the book of Samuel, there was a lady by the name of Hannah. The Bible says that Hannah was barren, meaning she could not have a child. In that time, not having a child or being barren meant this, that you were cursed. You You had done something wrong. You were, known, you were known as a sinner. Can you picture yourself in your school today as being labeled that way? Don't go by her. She's a sinner. Well, you, we are all sinners, but saved by the grace of God. But imagine being portrayed that, that way every day. She is cursed, or he is cursed. Don't go by him. He's bad luck, maybe in a more modern world. This was Hannah. More to that, being barren meant this. Poverty. Why? Because back then, a widow who had lost her husband relied on her children's to take care of her well-being and financially as well in her old age. So not having children's Who was bad all around. And above all, when you read the story of Hannah, she was ridiculed. She was insulted by her concubines. Imagine this today. You're a loser. That would be the very similar word that they would use back then. Imagine that. This was Hannah. But the Bible says this about Hannah. Despite all of this, Hannah believed God. As she wrote, as this was written, that she believed that the Lord sends poverty and wealth. Years after years, Hannah would go to the temple with her husband and beg God. Beg that God would give her a son. She made a vow to God that if God would give her a son, she would dedicate that son back to God. God honored her prayer and gave her a son. She named him Samuel, saying this, because I ask of him. Who was Samuel? Here's what the Bible says about Samuel. First prophet in the Bible. Last judge's judge of Israel, a priest, a great man of faith, I'm sure he took excellent care of his mother. You see, this whole prayer, in this context at least, wealth meant this, meant having a son. I'm saying all of this to say this one thing. Everything things belongs to God even a barren woman can have a child through God Amen even a barren woman could have a child through God Wealth comes from the Lord never forget that your prosperity comes from the Lord now you may say this you may argue with me because i like to think of the other side you say well what about the guy over What about Elon Musk? Whatever am I saying his name right? The most richest person on Earth. People said that he's a Christian. I'm not. I'm not sure if he's a Christian or not. I can't claim that, right? But what about him? Here's the thing. Some people claim God's common grace. God, the grace that you see here on Earth, or the ability of people provide or multiply or getting riches. It's still God allowing them to do so. They just choose not to acknowledge God. And here's the deal. You will. It is not if. You will meet God. You will give an account. It is not an if. The Bible says says that. Read the book of Revelation. We know the end. You will give an account. You will stand before holy God and give an account of how you manage what he's given you. Now, this leads me to these questions. Why has God given you wealth? To be a steward. What you've been given, you've been given it so you can manage it. It's not to keep it for yourself. It's to manage it for the kingdom of God. A steward is a person that simply managed or is employed to manage a household's. We see this in Genesis chapter 43, verse 16. It says this, Joseph saw Benjamin with them. He said to the steward of his house, take this man to my house, slaughter an animal, and prepare dinner. They are to eat with me at noon. A steward is somebody that manages something given to them. You manage what you have. God has given it to you to manage it. Now, let me point two things when it comes to stewardship. Again, steward stewardship, two things when it comes to stewardship. Something that is very prevalent today, something that you deal with every day. Your body and money. A good steward honors God with their body. Why? Because they understand that their body do not belong to them. It belongs to God. Remember in the beginning, God says, let us make man in our own image, in the image of God. All of you are made. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he says this, Before you were born, I I knew you and I set you apart to be a prophet to the nation. You are made in the image of God. You are not here by accident. So your body do not belongs to you. And then later I'm going to share two verses. And here's the reason why I say that, church. You are getting to the age, or you will be in that age pretty soon, where A, you're going to have to make decisions about the things that you do to your body. Or B, you're going to be invited to a party, where B, You are asked to consume alcohol, drug, or smoke, or engage in sexual stuff prior to marriage. Or you will be in a position where you will make a decision, do I tattoo my body or don't? I'm not trying to be legalistic here, please. I just want you to think of this. And I want you, because I, I want you to ask of God these questions when you get to that point. Lord, if I tattoo my body, will this honor you? I cannot give you the answer to that. That is between you and God. Lord, if I get into, I engage into sexual stuff before marriage, would that honor you? Lord, will I honor you if I take use drug, smoke, drink before the age? Will I honor you? And let God answer that question to you. First Corinthians chapter six verse nineteen through twenty says this Do you not know that your body is a temple of the of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God, your body, you have received it from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. The previous verse says this. Flee from sexual immorality. You being enticed, run. Don't hang out with those people anymore. You will face that. You will be pressured. Flee. Don't hang out. It's okay if you're being called in a name. Run. All, all other sins a person commits are outside of the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. There are consequences when you do not honor God with your body. There are consequences. Honor God with your body. Be a good steward of the body God has given you. Second, money. As we have read already, God is the one that sends poverty and wealth. He is the one that allows you to produce wealth. The scripture says this in 2 Corinthians Chapter 8, verse 7. You want to hear this part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, speech, knowledge, in completeness, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you ex- also excel in this grace of giving. The Apostle Paul praised the Corinthians for such great virtues. In faith, they were faithful. In speech, they honor God with their tongue. In knowledge, they were not illiterate. They understood the things of God and they practiced the things of God. In complete earnestness, they had a passion for the Word of God. They hate what God hid and loved what God loved. Your love for us, their love for other believers was praiseworthy. Love other Christians. Stand with them. In school, get to know each other. Support one another. Encourage one another. That's the call of a believers. Do not be the guy that talks negative about the next person or other believer behind their back. Encourage. But here's the last one. But excel in giving. Why? Because you want to hear this tonight, church money is a true test of your faith. Money is a true test of your faith. You may claim to believe God. Why? Because let me go back a little bit. Why? Why money is a true test? Because money is spiritual. The more you have it, the more it wants to consume you. The more it wants to become your God so the apostle Paul wanted to make, to set them free. The true test of a believer is in money. Let me put this out there plain and clear. If you do not tithe, it's because you do not believe that everything is from God and that God is a provider of all things. There's no other way. If you're not willing to be generous with what God has given you, it's because you do not believe that everything is from God. And uh, 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 let let me say this. It's unfortunate for the believer that lives such a life. Because here's the reason why. You're missing out. You're missing out on the tremendous blessings of life. You see, when you give, You know what happened in return? They pray for you. When you give, it it, it, it makes you feel like you have taken another step toward God and your sanctification. Because money is spiritual. It wants to hold you. But by giving, you say, no, you are not my God. My true God is God, Jesus Christ. The Bible says this, give and they'll be given it to you. It is the truth. Give what you have and it will be given it to you to manage more. You want to manage more? Manage well what you have. Do it in the name of Jesus. God will put you in charge of more. Because you hold it, you say, almighty oh, God, this is yours. I want to be a good steward. I want to be a good manager. I want to give it away. Oh, if you ask me to give it all. Here's a famous, famous verse. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me. This is the only time God says test me, says the Lord Almighty see if I will not draw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that you will not be, you will not be, there will not be room enough to store it. This is the truth. As believer, when you manage God's economy or God's resource well, he will pour more onto you. You know why? Because you are faithful with little, you will be faithful with more. The reason why you have a little maybe is because you are not faithful with the little. Trust God. Use it for his kingdom. You will be faithful with more. Coming to an end here. This message is for the true believer. It's for those that truly live for Jesus Christ. And if you are here tonight, you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Here's what the Bible says. Maybe you have never heard this. Romans chapter 4 verse 23 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen short. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says this, For the wage of sin is death, eternal condemnations. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as we bow our head, I want you to repeat these words with me. And everyone will do it with you. Repeat this. Heavenly Father, I turn to you asking you to forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, save me. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit so I can live for you every single day. My life is not mine. I give it to you. Thank you for my new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please stand so we can all pray together. Close your eyes and pray with me. Lord, thank you for today, Father. Thank you for tonight, for your word. Thank you that it did not return empty, Father. Thank you that you are the provider. You are the provider of all things. Everything belongs to you, Father. May this word never depart the heart of every single person in this room. That everything belongs to you. You are the provider. And you have called us to be steward and manager of what you've given us. And one more thing, God, thank you for Kurt and his leadership and his spiritual leadership in my life. And Job as well. Thank you. I pray, Lord, and ask this in Jesus' name. And the people of God says, enjoyed today's message i would encourage you to like it or share it on social media movement youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on wednesday nights and the point college ministry meets on sunday nights we would love to have you join us thanks for tuning in